you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hello. This certainly isn't how I uh, envision this or plan this, uh, but but I am going to retire. Uh, this is not an easy decision. Uh, honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life, uh, but it is the right decision for me. Uh, for the last four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury, pain, rehab, uh, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in season, both in and off season. Uh, and I felt stuck in it, and the only way I see out uh, is, is to to no longer play football. Uh, it's it's taken my joy of this game away. And this sorry. And one of the more shocking happenings in the NFL's recent history, Andrew Luck announces his retirement from the NFL, the Colts superstar quarterback, uh, announcing that injuries have taken the love from the game. Uh, for him. So a man who's turning 30 years old on September 12th uh, met with Colts owner Jim Ursay uh, earlier Saturday uh, to explain his decision. And this is Dan Hansis of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Sirius XM. I'm joined by Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. Uh, and boys, this is an absolute bombshell. Um, that changes the complexion of the Colts, obviously, but the AFC and, and Wes Luck. Nobody knew this was coming. This is this. We were at Patrick Claybon's um, uh, shrimp boil, in fact, in the middle of a cornhole game, and everyone was just dumbfounded. And you could say the same thing about everyone else connected to football. Andrew Luck done at age 29 in the NFL. When you're recording the show, what 36 hours later, you're reacting to so much more than just. The news. You're reacting to the reaction. You're reacting to what you should have seen for three years, considering the comments he's made. And just looking, doing the research on what he said over the last few years, this is every bit as much of a mental health issue as a as a pain issue, as a physical issue. As Jim Ursay said in 2017, it's about the four-inch field between Andrew Luck's ears. And Ursay took a lot of crap for that from people who didn't know what they were talking about and assumed they did from the outside looking in, but in Luck's own words, he is referred to the dark place, not a fun world to live in, scared to my core, a low point, miserable SOB. I withdrew. My life was empty. I have shame. I don't know about my worth as a human. I'm weathered and less naive. And then at the press conference, he said, this is the only way I see out of it. And out of it is the severe depression and identity crisis that he's been going through for three years. And he said that uh, already a weight had been lifted. And even though 
the press conference was obviously difficult, that the last week was difficult for him. He told Frank Reich and Ursay and Chris Ballard early in the week. So they knew this was coming. And I think if I'm a Colts fan, that makes me think that it's a little more final. You know, it wasn't something he woke up one day. It was really about a week and a half or almost two week process over when he really decided. And that's he knew when he went out and practiced before the last Colts game and looked pretty good, by the way, uh, moved pretty well. Had video footage of that. And and enjoyed it that that was probably going to be his last time. And that's why he took the moment to enjoy it. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but first it's just that the press conference alone it alone was just impressive. I don't know. It was like a really unique sports moment uh, that yeah, it was hard not to admire Andrew Luck watching that. There was a very 2019 feel to the whole thing because the Colts um, are playing a preseason game against the Bears in their building. Luck's on the sideline, and his original plan is to tell his teammates after the game in the locker room that he'll be retiring. But during the game, uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN breaks it on Twitter, which creates a whole weird situation, both um, if you watch the telecast, the announcers for the Colts team, they don't know what to do with that information. You show They show Luck down at the field. Obviously, he's smiling, seems to be good spirits. The players, I guess, don't even know. And we'll get to the, the crowd reaction in a little bit. Um, but Luck then comes out, and yes, I agree. He He really was... It was clear that this wasn't a rash decision, even though it was something that he said didn't even cross his mind until the last week or two. Uh, He seemed, Mark, to be a guy that was at peace where he is. I thought Peter King put it well that he noted, and Wes, you touched on this too with all the comments that he had made over the months and years, that for 42 of the past 47 months, Andrew Luck had either played or not played or rehabbed in varying intensities of pain. And how many people, you know, commenting on this situation can speak to that in their own life? It's a totally different situation and it starts as a physical thing. It becomes a mental thing. And if you look at the National Football League and, you know, some of the reaction and of course, you know, he got booed at the stadium. Everyone is catching up in real time to their own emotions is what they're seeing. And suddenly you're watching your franchise quarterback off the field and leaving for good. And it's just completely surreal. But Andrew Luck was talked about by King as someone that when he first comprehended a couple weeks ago, even the idea of retirement versus they mentioned IR boomerang or just let's wait and see that when that even con- when that concept came to his mind, that he started to grow comfort with that, that it became the way out. And no matter what privilege or, uh, or job you've been given or situation in life that everyone else might want, if you're losing and dying and, and falling apart inside of it, you need to find a way out. And I, and I think the NFL is, you know, it is the tip of a needle on the tip of a needle in the human and earth experience. I mean, it has been around for a fraction of a second if you look at our universe and everything. This is someone who has the choice to do what he wants with the rest of his life. He mentioned his wife over and over. I think that is probably one person that sat with him through all of this in the different segments of their relationship to where they are now and knew where he was and his family supported him and anyone wanting to critique or this or that it's kind of like this is a personal decision has nothing to do with anyone else who's ever retired in the NFL before it has nothing to do with anyone else who will retire it has nothing to do with football at some point and it it's crazy though because everything you say is really well said and yet luck even mentioned in the press conference and, and Frank Reich certainly did that luck said many times last November, December, he's never had more fun playing the game of football, that it gave him a joy he never had before, that he thought coming to work in Frank Reich's offense, he shouldn't even be allowed to have that much fun. Those were the five months out of the 47 right. when he wasn't in this and, game. And, you know, he played the Pro Bowl, and they they kept mentioning that. And I think that goes to Wes's point to start, that it, that it's more than just the physical. It was the accumulation of, every, of the years that came before that and certainly the last six months now. And the reality of what's the – I know he is doing it for himself, and he said that, but I, I do think there's part of Andrew Luck that is thinking – a little bit about the team too. What is the oh, best yeah. thing for the team in, in the terms of how I feel right now that that I think the best thing for this team is for me to step away, to be decisive about it, not to have this whole thing, you know, hanging over them. Press conference was beautiful, but I just wanted to note the irony of a guy walking away 
leaving his teammates two weeks before the season starts, and yet it was one of the most beautiful high watermarks in team sports to see the love that he expressed and shares with his teammates, and that's what team sports is. And that's when you see the the bozos on Twitter that were looking for hot takes, uh, calling Luck selfish or a millennial. I saw one horrible take. Like <laughs> this guy, uh, obviously had a strong bond with the team, and it, it is the injuries, and you kind of forgot about it because the shoulder injury kind of was the big injury of his career. And then this most recent injury, which became a big news item, but there's been a lot. I mean, he's, he's missed, he missed 26 games, including the entire 2017 season because of the shoulder injury, which he first hurt in week three, early in the 2015 season. So that tells you how much and how long he fought through with that shoulder. He's also had kidney injuries, a rib injury, and now this lower leg injury, which he also said in the press conference, everybody thinks, Oh, he's retired now. That's no, like now as a human being, he has to figure out how to get his leg right because it has really cut into his quality of life, not just as a player, but as just someone that, you know, walks around day to day like like the rest of us. He, I, I, I was reading Bruce Arian's book today and was reminded that his father, Oliver, walked away from football immediately after he got his five years in and a pension. Hmm. And he emphasized to Andrew over and over again growing up that life has a lot more fruits to offer outside of football. This was something drilled into Andrew Luck while he was growing up. And, you know, I saw a video of Zach Ertz talking about the retirement, played at Stanford with Andrew Luck, and he said they would be playing all the hype for the Heisman up on the TV, and Andrew Luck would get up, go turn the TV off, and say this is a team sport. I mean, that's just – he's always had a different perspective on football than most players have. I mean, his his dad also, like, in a speech that that was shown in the last couple days was – always stresses to the student athletes, you know, get what you can out of your education and this sport. Don't worry about what you need to give to the college. And I, and I do think that is reflective in what a thoughtful guy Andrew Luck is, but it's also, he's, it's such an interesting dichotomy because he is probably the best quarterback to enter the league since 2012, you know, or since this deck. I mean, I think he was kind of the guy we've been waiting for this quarterback you know, hierarchy to turn over, and it never does. It's been, you know, Brady and Breeze, and, you know, we lost Peyton Manning, but Roethlisberger's been near the top this whole time. But I would say since we've been doing this podcast, and Mahomes is going to pass pass him, certainly he won an MVP, and, and these new guys are, are going to get there. But, you know, in the last six, seven years, there's no one that's come in and had the combination of physical gifts and production and excitement as Andrew Luck. He, it, he is this really unique mind in the way he looks at things, but he also was like, you know, right there among the guys for the next generation. And that's what makes it. So but it's, I think sometimes when you look at the football lifers and, and it's often it's failed, failed players who become coaches who love the game so much that once they have a position, they'll never leave. There's people that cover the game that are football lifers that are going to be there until they're 88 and they pass off the earth or 98 or 108. Hopefully it's uh, the latter. But I mean, it, this reminds me a little bit more of someone like Jim Brown when he walked away. Now, it's very different because Jim Brown retired from the Browns at age 30, but he was in London on the set of The Dirty Dozen where he was being paid twice his annual right. salary to be in a film for a couple months. Andrew Luck also is able to retire because financially that's not a situation. I don't think any of that has to do with it. It's closer yeah. to what Jim Brown said was that he was no longer stimulated. He had achieved everything he wanted to do. And has Andrew Luck achieved everything? I don't think so. Not from a team perspective, not from a Colts perspective. But I do think that Andrew Luck is not just because you're a quarterback who's talent, physically talented and the best since 2012. That does not mean that mentally football is going to do right. it all for you. And I think he is someone that is very different than the athlete robot that is plugged in from as, for as long as their body will take them and beyond. I just think he has other things in life. It's so tone deaf how Jim Ursay mentioned the amount of money Luck is passing on. Like he, like Ursay was dumb. There was a couple of funny Jim Ursay moments. Some instructive and some just I couldn't believe he was starting to make the push almost publicly for Luck to unretire already in that press conference. And one of them was like, you know, he was like dumbfounded that Luck could pass up in his words half, half, half a billion dollars. And I was like doing the math. I was like half a billion. Yeah, but like, he's saying you know what's what? on that, everyone else's mind. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I guess. But that seems to me to be missing why Andrew Luck is doing that. And Reich, you know, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard certainly – Seemed surprised by it, but what's your favorite type of frog? <laughs> they said they had no idea that this would have happened, but they also seemed to understand 
luck a little more as a person. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer? No. No. So he did, he gives that up as well. Um, in well, there was a list of first ra- first overall quarterback picks, and he is, I think, fourth on that list of the quickest to retire. I would say this story has yet to be written. The comeback has yet to be written. I think he reminds me, and they're, the start of their careers are so totally polar opposite. He reminds me of Kurt Warner quite a bit. And mm-hmm. Kurt Warner had that lull in the middle of his career. After he washed out with the Giants, before he landed with the Cardinals, he had to figure some things out for himself. And and Kurt Warner's a guy who also retired because of his body. Right. When the Colts, you know, made it obvious they're not going to go after any any of his money, that's great of them to do. I'm not, not surprised either. But I, I thought the same thing. Not that I'm, we're trying to predict anything that happens. Just that it's like life. It's life. Of course, his, his story is not over. You know, there's a chance that he could revisit it in a year or two when he is feeling of different mind, or or not. You know, like who knows? But there's, it's it's silly to kind of say anything with too much finale. I don't see. I don't go back to the Hall of Fame thing. I'm not certain he's not a Hall of Famer. Wasn't he one of the for a period of seven or eight seasons one of the very best quarterbacks in football? Well, I mean, seven or eight seasons, seasons brings us playing, to 2020. Right? Not not consistent enough. I think he was a top five quarterback about three times, and. And with the short season, if if he was like MVP or you know top one or two quarterbacks for a bunch of, the, I mean, it, we're he splitting, had great moments. He had that hairs. incredible playoff game against the Chiefs, which is the game that I always think of. Uh, that was kind of the day luck went full superstar mode. Um, I, I just think, yeah, he to me he's a bubble guy, and maybe he just didn't play long enough, and maybe the team didn't have enough success. We're going to get into, by the way. Um, what this means for the rest of the AFC a little bit later. But let's now take a quick moment to look at what does this mean for the 2019 Colts? And we'll start with the head coach, Frank Reich, who at a press conference Monday uh, shared his thoughts about where the team goes now without Andrew Luck. But also, let me assure Colts fans of this. This team is not done climbing. In fact, we're just getting ready. We're just getting started, and we can't wait. Just feel like Chris and his staff have done an unbelievable job of assembling a team of players that this locker room is special. There is a character quality and a passion for this game and for this city and what the horseshoe represents that is special. And we believe that our players will rise to that challenge and that occasion. We're ready for the journey ahead. We believe we have the formula of what it takes to have a successful journey. We got the right makeup. We got the right locker room. Chris talked a lot about that this morning with the team, about what it takes to get in that locker room. We have the talent. This is a very talented football team on, in all three phases. And now Jacoby Brissett, our own Jake Brisket, takes over as the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, slice me off a piece of that Jake Brisket. And it's was a good all thing. of that done just simply to appease our soundbite and bring it back into focus? Was that no, why I gotta all say, of this happened? It's a good job we dug that sound drop out last week. We found that thing in <laughs> mothballs. Uh, you thought it was over. I mean, yet, do you feel any is. remorse because you did call for that drop being like, hey, we might be needing this no, a lot. We might have some to, strange energy. We right? might have to refresh it and vary it up a little bit because Brisket is going to be on a lot of primetime games and he's going to be part of our life this year. If, if they hang in contention. Do we think the Colts <laughs> are still a playoff team? I'm saying this Brisket? I think that that division is now completely wide open and almost every team has a 25% chance to win the division. Hmm. Whereas before it was clear that the Colts had the best roster and the best quarterback in the division. Greg, I thought you wrote a, like uh, on Saturday night, a good piece about where Jacoby Brissett lands now compared to where he landed the first time around and that this is such a different team and they've got such a strong coach and GM link. And I I, I, you know, we we made our picks, and the editor I picked the Colts on Friday. The editor of our DM original content person came and said, "Do you want to change the Colts now that this all happened?" I thought about it. I'm like, the AFC Central or the AFC South is so murky, 
And it's so bizarre to me. And I don't believe there's such so many things I don't believe about the other teams in that division. I said, keep the Colts. I don't think. Yeah. And I write the power rankings now for NFL.com and the idea that the Colts should now be dropped like way to the bottom of the league. No, I think really when you think about them, I think it does obviously drop them. Andrew Luck is a much better quarterback than the guy that's replacing him, even though we all like Jake Prescott in this room. Uh, but I think they they have a fighting chance. West doesn't. Oh, you don't like I, Jake Prescott at all. I am allowing for the fact that players can improve, especially when yeah. they're surrounded by better coaching and better players. And Chris Ballard's comments on uh, Jake Brisket to Therese Paler recently suggest that not only is he better mechanically and he cleaned all that up, he's a more accurate passer and a better decision maker, especially when it comes to taking that boatload of sacks he took the last time he quarterbacked. Right. And he, he took so many and that team was rough and he was a second year player joining a Rob Chudzinski offense where now he's with Frank Reich. And he's in the second year, which I think is really important. And I do think this is where organizationally the Colts have been really impressive since Ballard got there. And that's what's key. Like Reich just seems like the man who is ready for this challenge in terms of scheme and in terms of leadership. Chris Ballard and the team that he built seems like he's kind of the man for this challenge. And he talked about it Saturday night. He was kind of the first one to turn the page. You know, uh, Reich was understandably really emotional at that press conference. That was his Dick Vermeil moment. Kind of staring off After into Trent space Green. on you Saturday. Know when Reich first interviewed for the job, mm-hmm. he didn't mention Andrew Luck once. And this was at a time where Luck's future was uncertain. Nobody knew when or if he would ever play again. Reich never brought up his name in the job interview. And so, in, so Ballard already had turned the page and said, look, we got a good line. We got a good offensive line. We got a good defensive line. We've got a really young, talented defense. We've got T.Y. Hilton, you know, uh, who back and forth, Andrew Luck and him talking about that they're best friends. And and to a man, everyone on that team, including Luck, who went out of his way to say how much he learned from Jacoby Brissett, that he almost made it sound like he looks up to Jacoby Brissett a little bit with the leadership that Jacoby Brissett has. He is, I don't know if he's got the, the talent, but I think it's almost unquestionable. Everyone that's been around him believes that he's kind of meant to lead an NFL team. We, we do have Chris Ballard talking about it on, on Saturday night. I think you heard what, you, what Andrew said. Jacoby said is a rare, rare leader. He is. He's a rare human being, man. That that locker room loves Jacoby Brissett. And, and he went on about it. Jacoby Brissett is in the league or was drafted as early as the third round because Bill Parcells convinced Bill Belichick that I don't know if this guy is going to be great or not. But he's like one of the most impressive humans I've ever been around. That He compared him to Curtis Martin and Willie McGinnis as a term, type of guy who's going to bring a locker room together and is just like going to be a good guy to have on your team. So he's now been able to develop under Frank Reich, and I think he's fun to watch play because his great throws are really great. They, yeah, they asked You know what today. I mean? He's got a lot of upside, and I think it'll be a fun team to watch even without luck. They asked Brissett today after all this, you know, it leveled out, what, what is it that you need to actually improve and be better? And he just said, Jacob. Kobe Brissett. I just need to be me. I kind of like this guy. And like, I know that we want to get into all the analytics and stuff all the time as the season goes on and the Colts have this or that. But the one thing about the, the, there's a narrative quality to football every year. You see it and certain events change the trajectory of teams. And this could have been the thing where, you know, on some teams and some coaching staffs and the way that the front office, front office might have panicked. You pull the plug on the drain and the water goes out. This is the opposite here. I think this team is rallying around this, and I don't really look at another team in the AFC South and say, that team, their, their makeup strikes me as so much more complete than the Colts. The opposite. Uh, the one question no one has asked yet, and I'll do it because someone has to ask it. Wes, how are you doing? Everyone has. Some people have asked this. <laughs> It it hits home for me. Like, not the P-scale thing. Like, Andrew Luck, he, he reached a point where he's willing to do anything to keep the monster at bay. That's what I think about Andrew Luck and what he's dealing with mentally, psychologically. He's just... he. You're talking about a person who was one of the toughest people to step foot on an NFL field, and now that toughness has been sort of usurped by, I don't want to have to do that again. I'll do anything not to have to go through that experience again. But so it, hit, it, it bothers me psychologically. You know who it doesn't bother? They asked Bill Belichick about all this today. You know what he said? <laughs> well, that's... About Andrew Luck? He said, he's a good player. 
I didn't see that, but I don't really follow them. Uh, they, the Patriots actually sent out a clarification. That was lost in translation a little bit. Okay. Even because, I'm going to let Belichick on, off the hook Because on there. paper, that was about as <laughs> unnecessary of a Bill Belichick-esque comment as we needed this morning. No, I think he was referring... No, we're going to let Bill slide on that one. Mm. You are. I mean, it's... <laughs> It is. A, it's going to take a little bit for them to get over. Jacoby Brissett seemed pretty broken up about it. Reich seemed. I mean, this is someone. He told Brissett on Friday too. By the way. Yeah, they mean, didn't find. They didn't all find out at that like on the sideline during that game. Aaron Rodgers was angry. He was on a radio show today. He didn't like the way some people reacted. He didn't like. Oh, that's one other thing I wanted to play. Can we play Ricky? Um, Luck was asked about getting booed off the field at Lucas Oil Stadium uh, after the news broke after the preseason game. Yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say I heard the reaction. Yeah, it hurt. I'll be honest, Trap. It hurt. That sucked. And I think um, you hear it in Luck's voice. It's such an emotional time for him. It took him by surprise. And a lot of people were piling on Colts fans. And I get it. It wasn't a good look. You should not have been booing your franchise player. He didn't double cross you or anything like that. But that is... It was a shocking, shocking thing to happen. And as a fan of any fan to all of a sudden have this guy who's the center of your sports universe yanked out, I think there's a lot of sometimes you don't express yourself the right way. I don't think there was actual anger toward him, but more just anger toward what what just happened. Our Super Bowl windows, are, our Super Bowl dreams are out the window. Our My favorite player is gone. And I think Luck caught heat from that more than actual, this guy's a bum. I don't want to look at him anymore. I mean, I also think the experience of being home and on your couch and processing information over Twitter, gathering information, watching it slowly versus when you're in stadium, it's the fourth quarter. These guys have seven or eight beers in them. You just find out this guy walking out the field. Is it could be before Luck spoke, there were a lot of people that weren't as generous towards Luck. And when he spoke, you got an understanding of what was happening. It sounded like he was just saying, I'm out. But then when you learned what his words, it's like, I have a completely different feeling towards Andrew Luck. I got some texts from people that thought, right. what is this guy doing? Not plugged in journalist types, but just regular fans. Like, it's ridiculous that anyone booed. It's stupid. It's just kind of, it's just sort of obvious that enough with the performative, uh, you know, tisk tisking to make yourself look good. That part to me is just as annoying. Like, well, no, like everyone agrees that that is not what you would want to see and that's sad. But like, you don't need 4,000 people saying, Saying, hey, look at me! I'm gonna say this is bad too. It's like it's obvious. This we whole, all we all know. We all agree. You don't need to do. You make a good point. In general, this Andrew Luck bombshell is one of the more performative moments in recent right. Twitter history. Everyone had takes, and they were all going. It was all ratcheted up to eleven. Booing's uh, weird anyway. You don't do it alone. Right. You need the courage of other people behind you in order to do it. So it's weird to me. But it's also we have this national obsession with football. And it's a natural outgrowth, just as Luck's decision was a natural outgrowth. When you are a fanatic, when you have an obsession, you do things like boo that don't make any logical sense. All right. So we're going we're gonna to get back to this topic about the Colts and what Andrew Luck's retirement means uh, to the rest of the AFC. Um, but before we do that, there was other things that happened in the NFL this weekend, believe it or not. So it is week three of the preseason. Uh, we hit several of the games on our Friday podcast. Uh, why don't we just swing around the room uh, for a few minutes here and throw out some big takeaways? I'll, I'll start off with one just because it connects it connects with um, the Houston Texans who are now in a well, they already were in a dogfight to win that division, but it changed a lot with Luck's disappearance now. Uh, the Texans lose their starting running back, Lamar Miller, to what is a torn ACL. Um, so he blows out his knee on the, his first carry of a preseason game, and uh, you see him carted off with a towel over his head. And, uh, you know, a lot of calls, Greg, a lot of calls out there that the preseason needs to be changed and and I don't know if that's necessarily the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds, but I think one thing with Miller, and we're going to get into the ramifications of it uh, for the Texans, but the one thing for me is the game is so fast and the guys are so strong that I do think they need to just lessen the number of preseason games. This stuff is just going to keep happening. The players have changed. The schedule, I think, has to reflect that at some point, hopefully after that CBA. Yeah, I, I agree. And yet, I just think if players are playing football, they're going to get hurt. So many players are going to get hurt week one. Maybe not more than if they had played in the preseason, 
but a ton of them, you know, like, so it's, it's terrible when that happens too. And, and they'll probably reduce it down to two to three games. This is one of those injuries that you reduce, you take away a guy who's played a million snaps and a million touches. And yet I don't really feel any different about the Texans. I think Duke Johnson is up for a one, a role in a backfield and, they probably need to go find who their 1B is. They, you know, they have some rookies they like on draft. Signed Jay Ajayi, right? They, they, we, thought we, we thought they did. Al Michaels uh, reported they did. Um, <laughs> Al, Al Michaels did? He said on the Sunday night telecast. That's where that I got my information. They signed a Jay Ajayi. And it so didn't happen. I thought so, too. It has not happened yet. He Come on, Al. unsigned. Maybe, maybe it Clean will. It up, Al. Or maybe they will sign someone. But if it's someone like that, I think that backfield will be fine. It's not where I'm worried about. With I mean, Texas. what did they give up to uh, to the Browns? Well, so it. I mean, it, it was a fourth that could max out at a okay. third, and it sounds it's like they're going to get a third if he plays. And, but you know what? Maybe they overpaid, but it's worth every every dime or however you want to say it. Because where would they be if they didn't have Duke Johnson on Bill the, O'Brien, chart? the general manager uh, slash coach genius? I mean, name it, name a worse offensive line backfield combination than the Houston Texans. See, yeah, but the backfield to me is is fine. I think it, it can be average because they have a third down back. I think Duke Johnson, I've always believed this, has the ability to be a top. That's what every, the Browns didn't think he had that ability. Right, but the Dolphins didn't think Lamar Miller had that ability either, and no one thought he was a three-down back before they got there, and I think he's a much Jack better. making the leap. I, I think he's a much, that's true. Dan did. Dan what? Believed, you believe in Lamar Miller. I did a Lamar Miller oh, you making did the leap, too. I did, a Duke, I'm saying, I did a Duke Johnson I'm saying, I making the leap, so someone's got to win Even more that he can be a prime. Lamar Miller, wow, that's right. Duke and Lamar both We've making the leap. We've had two Lamar Miller making the leaps and a Duke Johnson making leaps. Someone's got to get going. Well, I stand by Lamar. He's flashed, but he never really put it all together. That's that is what it is. Their bigger problem is that another former Brown, Roderick Johnson, a fifth, a fifth round pick in 2017, is their starting left tackle. That their center looked terrible when they came back. That they had another injury on their offensive line. I mean, that's their problem. Uh, Wes, give us a takeaway from Week Three of the preseason. Well, it. I sort of looked at this like these teams are flashing at me right now, and I feel much better about them exiting August than I did entering August. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Minnesota Vikings, and Dallas Cowboys, even without Zeke Elliott. I don't know why nobody's talking about Michael Gallup, who looks like a transformed wide receiver to me. He looks phenomenal. Uh, The Vikings, Dalvin Cook looks like he's about to have a Pro Bowl, All-Pro type of season. That offense is perfect for him. And I love the Irv Smith pick. They, They just seem very confident. And the Steelers... Everything they did this offseason seems to be working. Every single thing seems to be working. Everyone they signed from the CFL, the AAF, undrafted free agents, first-rounders, sixth-rounders, guys they picked off like late-wave free agency. Everybody's playing well for them. Some, right. of, their old, some of their old draft picks, too, like Cameron yeah, Dunn and Artie Burns Artie that they Burns. say is playing better. I mean, the one thing on the Vikings, I would, let me ask you this, Wes, because I watched that game, and I realized it's, you know, it's the preseason, but, and, and Dalvin Cook looked fresh. He looked great. Their first four drives... Seven yards, two yards, negative two yards, 14 yards. Kirk Cousins started like three for 14. I know I'm, I'm not allowed to ever be concerned until September, but you can do looked, whatever you want. He just looked a little push. off to me, though. I mean, I, he's, we've got, what, five years of Kirk Cousins? You're and, and five, regular, but five, regular NFL uh, see, we, we tend to agree on him, but five years of Kirk Cousins is is an up-and-down journey. He had two really, for what it's worth for the preseason, he also looked very sharp. I would say the same thing the about... first two games. Same thing about Marcus Mariota. Like, why, I, I would rather go back and study their regular season tape than look at two. Well, I would too. I'm not. I'm not saying base it off of one game, but like part of it is also your offense being in sync. And if we love the Cowboys and certain players and everything looking in sync, it's like when a player looks bad, does that have any meaning or no meaning? I mean, I, I, I put some it's meaning. It's a Rorschach to, text. Depends well, on the context it, and the quarterback. It's all about what you want to stand for and say matters. Like right. Uh, Mark, how about you? I'll tell you something I do think matters because we just talked about a player who's exiting the league and yes, the offensive line in Indianapolis was stellar last year, but half the reason Andrew Luck got into the situation he was in was because an offensive line left him brutalized over and over and was unfixed for way too long due to the previous general manager. And I am very concerned, and this game feels like 70 years ago, but Friday night when I watched Baker Mayfield running for his life and trying to do everything to bounce off rushers because Cleveland's left tackle, 
right guard and right tackle should not be starting for anyone right now. Mm-hmm. And they, and if you want to talk about all they've done this offseason, I would say this. If you're, jo- if you're John Dorsey and you want to put the cherry on top versus trying to fix tires two weeks from now on the car that's broken down by the side of the road, you have got to find a way, and it's an impossible ask at this point, to get one of these, to get a Trent Williams, to get someone in there. Because I would look at Greg Williams right now who gave up a ton of issues. He, he gave up pressures. He gave up sacks in that game. He had two penalties. Greg That's Robinson. One. Greg Robinson. Greg Robinson has always gotten these penalties. And they have Eric Cush starting at right guard. And they have got Chris Hubbard, old mother's son, we're starting at right tackle. I don't like any of it. It, is, it gives me a sense. I know some Browns fans are saying it's going to be fine. And you know what? Just turn me on in September. I shouldn't even be watching this stuff because apparently I'm too concerned about these things. But <laughs> I have bad energy vibing off of that well, game. The, the, the biggest thing that could go wrong for the Browns, it's, you could say it about 31 other teams, is your star quarterback can't get hurt. And if you can't protect him... And he plays swashbuckler. He's like a kid out there. Yeah, yeah, it's a right. playground to him. But he's no, a but swashbuckler. but for real, like Mayfield is a guy. He's gonna be running around. He's he's gonna always keep his eyes up the field. He's always looking for the big play. And it is a dangerous kind of scenario the way he plays and the way that team blocks. So your fears are understood. I mean, I, they had a flood of people not on the field. All the receivers, Nick Chubb wasn't there, Najoku, I get it. But that didn't change what I saw line versus line. Well, you, you don't even need to watch the game to know that Dorsey is hugely disappointed with his worst draft pick that he's made since he's been there, Austin Corbett. Yep. First pick of the second round. You trade away Kevin Zeitler because you feel like, here's one of my highest draft picks I've taken since I got to Cleveland. Let's plug him in. People watching the team on a day-to-day basis said he wouldn't make the team if if they were just based on his like actual play, and he's now getting replaced by a journeyman. So that's one slot where they kind of assumed he's going to take over for Zeitler, and that's one big trouble spot now. How about you, Greg? Oh, yeah. I mean, do we want to talk Daniel Jones, or was that was that Friday or Thursday? We talked Daniel Jones on oh Thursday, uh, Friday, I believe. Yes. I, he looked I, good again. I t- <laughs> still looks good. <laughs> he still looks great. I I take nothing out of that Case Keenum is announced the starter other than as a Dwayne Haskins fan that I'm happy for it because they open with the Eagles and they have the Bears week three in on Monday Night Football. Sure, and that's I, their thinking too. And I feel like if you're going to throw Haskins out there, just wait till after that Bears game. Totally with you on that. Will he be ready when he gets in, whenever he does? Made some plays too. Made some plays. Um, I thought it was... Jimmy Garoppolo, we've done a good job on this podcast. A lot of people have been pulling the sky is falling routine around Garoppolo and the five interceptions in practice and then what he he didn't do last week in the preseason, which was throw for a yard last uh, Monday night against the Broncos. But uh, don't put too much into it. But yes, good. He got back on track in Kansas City against the Chiefs. And I will will say this. Shout out to the fans at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, if you guys watch the first couple of drives, that place is going nuts. Oh, January 15th. It was playoff atmosphere. It was unbelievable. And you know what? It couldn't be a better test again for Jimmy G, who had to sit with that uh, for a week, that horrible performance. And um, he ends up bouncing back, goes 14 of 20, 188, throws a touchdown, leads the team on three scoring drives, totaling 13 points. Uh, A gorgeous touch pass on on the touchdown. Matt Breida, who I think he's going to do a lot for them this year. Love him. But, you know, I just think in general, um, expectations have changed so much from August to August around this team. This is a nice performance to remind you, no, he's not going to fall off the earth. Is he going to be Tom Brady part two? Maybe not. But I think the Niners are still in a pretty good spot at quarterback. Well, unless these unless these games don't matter at all, I'm being told. No, I mean, I don't think they. I took almost nothing away from any of these weekends. I think that's why a good are you job. So upset about that? Uh, because no, I, I'm just, I just, it's like, like I why when you have? Why are we watching you have any of these games? Seventy something regular season games about a quarterback that's different than Michael Gallup. But why are we? You can, you can pick, a different role. I think certain individual performances and just how people look health wise. You know, and I think I get that. I'm just like saying, global like, quarterback or offensive play is is tough. I think in the preseason. And I'll just throw one more quick one out there. Drew Brees looked just like Drew Brees in his one series against the Jets. Him and Michael Thomas, I think they're going to go ham again. I think every ball is Michael Thomas's. He's going to go get it. Yeah, he's he's a badass. And I think the Saints, uh, as much as there was reason for concern down the stretch, I'm now on the boat of 
you look up the stats and Breeze will once again be Breeze and the and the, the Saints are going to be a The Breeze thing I think has been weirdly talked about and I get I think Bill Barnwell wrote a great piece in terms of like his potential decline but I do wonder if he had the you know the, sometimes we just overrate the end of the season cuz the last time we saw I thought Drew Brees had the best season of his career through 13 weeks and this is like an upper tier hall of famer through 12 weeks I thought he was right there I had him I had an MVP watch in the QB index I had him ahead of Patrick Mahomes through 12 weeks so like those 12 weeks count too it was just last season well, and so yeah maybe it won't be that good but don't act like don't there know. wasn't legitimate concern he wasn't able to make throws he was making earlier in the year absolutely but I just don't think that's like a final answer. Sure, we just, it's a it's part of a larger a picture that the twelve weeks counted the first twelve weeks counted to. Anybody else have something real quick before we move on? I want one thing with that Jets game, and this is on this is a ref issue, is there was uh, Demario Davis hopscotched over like a Jets lineman and like tapped Sam Darnold to the ground and he did a little stage roll and they called it roughing the passer. That was a good call. Well, that all right. The right call, call. Okay, fair fair enough, Dan. Hands but off the merchant. Then later in the game a defensive tackle comes out of nowhere and nails Darnold on the run from behind and in like buries him into the ground. No call. Terrible call. Got to throw. It's just target. like I mean the announcers pointed out. It's like the New York announcers Dan pointed this out. Mm. The Jets announcers pointed this out. Massively inconsistent. Yeah. Real quick on the Bengals. We have pointed to their problems drafting the first round. The guy they drafted last year in the first round, Billy Price, got beaten out for the starting center job. By Trey Hopkins, a journeyman. Mm. Well, not to mention their first round. That that is amazing. And their first round pick from three years ago now, John Ross, got beat out by undrafted free agent rookie Damian Willis, who is so under the radar and is now starting in the AJ Green spot and has looked great. Um, that he was on the team that was featured in on Last Chance. You, you know, I'm a big fan. And like people trying to say, like, oh, this is a, you know. What a, quite a success story. He was so under the radar, they never showed him in that season of last chance you. He was just like some guy in the background. Mm. And now he's starting in the NFL. How about that? Oh, yeah. By the way, I got to take an L. Uh, we had this, a lot of people hitting on mm. me up on Twitter. Uh, oh, right, right. We, uh, me and Wes had um, had a friendly just disagreement about Maurice Harris's potential production on the Patriots. He was wave injured over the uh, the weekend, and I'm taking a big fat L on but- that. I mean, in your defense, Josh Gordon kind of get <laughs> let off the hook real quick and real easy. He got dropped up in the spaceship. In Wes's defense, the- though, I think Wes was kind of hitting on the, hey, buddy, you might be getting a little overexcited about the first three days of non-padded practices. Uh, and more uh, than I-, I think he had, a great, he had a good point. I was a little overexcited about the start of the season. It more than I've watched him play, and you want your receivers to be able to make plays. Okay. Um, all right. Let's spin forward. And, uh, yeah, uh, everybody loves Succession. It's the show on HBO. Uh, with, by the way, with the best theme song on television. I, one of the shows you never fast-forward the intro. Listen, It's like well a, said. great classical music meets hip-hop. And now listen to the drum part, this best part. <laughs> anyway, love it. It's a show about power, who has it, who wants it, power that's real, power that's imagined. And let's talk about Succession, the plan in the AFC now that Andrew Luck has exited stage left, okay. Um, so let's go around the let's go around the room here. I, I, let me start. I'll start in the AFC South, okay, boys. And you know the old Zooster loves the Texans. Like that's that's one of those things about the old Zooster. Everybody talks about that guy loves the Houston Texans, and I I kind of do. And, and but here's my point. So I thought the Texans were going to win the division anyway. What do you like? I don't know. Just. You, just a lot of it was you, a saying, weird setup. you saying the old Zeus. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. I just imagined all the people just talking amongst themselves like, I love the Texans. Hey, you hear what the old Zeuser said again? He loves those Texans. Dinner tables across the country <laughs> discussing this. Uh, anyway, I like the Texans' chances to win the division again this year. And, um, you know, it only my feelings are stronger now. Here's my one thought. Now, um, Mike Lombardi, where is Lombardi now? He's always bouncing around. What, what, who does he work for? I'm not aware at the moment. Does anybody I know? don't know. That's a good. Is question. it the Ringer? No, he, no, it's not. He's, he's working definitely for a regular for Brent Musburger's Vegas. Oh, really? Um, yes, I see him doing company. stuff on okay. the. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Lombardi put it out there that Clowney a trade is imminent. It could happen in 24 to 48 hours. Well, as of this taping, that hasn't happened, and I think we're pushing up against that 48 hour barrier. My my point is, if you're the Texans and you were thinking about trading Clowney, halt, halt, okay. 
Keep the guy in the building. Unless you could spin Clowney for someone that helps your team right now, and that is perhaps offensive line help, but good luck finding that at this stage of the game. Put your best team out there week one because the window just got opened up a little bit more for you to hmm. make a run in 2019. Andrew Luck's not playing anymore. Well, so, Someone's talking because I think our insiders have all but said they're, they've been hearing similar things that this thing could happen any minute. Interestingly, Lombardi believed that they were looking for a wide receiver, which is just about the last position. That blew my mind. Thought. Now, I get it. Like You shouldn't be trading Clowney in anything for a running back. It's like... No, you can figure out running back. Well, Daniel but Jeremiah. left tackle's a little different. Yeah, I, Daniel Jeremiah suggested Clowney for Tyreek Hill. Just threw it out there as a floated it. I mean, okay. Their own wide receivers are talking about how this wide receiver core is so much deeper than it was last year, and like the fringe wide receivers probably don't have a chance to make it this year, where they whereas they would have made it last year. Are there concerns about Fuller's knee? Or maybe something personal? I almost feel is. Popping up with Clowney and Texans. That it's like does they seem don't to be have. Happening. They've kept it under the radar, but there's been a couple little articles where Clowney's work ethic was questioned, and that set off some alarms for me. Isn't that magnified when you're when the coach becomes the front office person too? There's no back and forth on how to deal with that. Uh, who else wants to throw some? You know, the balance of power shifting mm. in the AFC mm. by the moment, Greg. Well, how about the succession? Uh, up the quarterback hierarchy of Jacoby Brissett of making a, a stake. And I know that's not the balance of power. I think the Bra- the Colts, I'm going to pick them to win the division too. Uh, I don't feel like they're an overwhelming favorite. You guys are in your feelings. We are. I am a little bit. Kind of, I want to, honestly, I just watched Ballard. Disney movies. What I wanted want. Ballard and right. I watched that and I was like, I like, I, I want to root for these guys. And I, and I'm a big Jacoby Brissett fan. So why not? And I do think they have a lot of things on their, in their organization and their depth charts alike. And I do like a guy in Jacoby Brissett who's very close to, to luck uh, having the chance to make whatever he's going to make out of his career. This is his chance. This is his chance to climb the ladder. <laughs> and whether his future is with, with, with the Colts or not, who knows? Maybe Andrew Luck comes back someday or whatever. He's going to be a free agent after this year. This is a chance for him to kind of make his mark. And I wrote after his first season, I remember in the last you know, QB index roundup of the year. You know, we'll see what happens with Brissett's career, but he's a guy that just looks like he's going to be in the league 12 to 14 years. I just don't know if that's going to be as like a meaningful starter or, you know, as a, as a backup. How long has he been in the league? Is this his this like is fifth fourth, or sixth? fourth year? Oh, okay. And I think he's just going to be one of those guys. And now it's his chance to become like a, t- you know, an above average starter. I think he can do it. What worries me about the Texans, I, I would give slight advantage to the Titans and Colts in this division. What worries me about the Texans is I can look at three or four areas of their team and say among the worst in the NFL. The offensive line, the backfield, the secondary, these are all bad, bad positions for this team. And they play last year the easiest schedule in the league, this year the hardest schedule in the league. Um, But I I was starting to see the AFC as Chiefs, Steelers, Patriots, Colts. Me too. Before the luck news. And now I see it as Chief Patriot Steelers, and then it doesn't really matter who wins the South. Hmm. We never know. Quickly dispensed. Yes, that's what I see. I, I think they have. I always give any. I mean, I give. They have a chance to make the Super Bowl with Brissett. Why not? I mean, crazier things have happened. You Super Bowl know, now. Nick, sure, Nick Foles. I mean, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. It's a, as they said, it's a team game. A lot of things are going to have to come together as a team. I don't totally rule them out. And if you're talking narratives, I mean, how how sweet would it be for the Colts to go to like Foxborough in the playoffs or whatever from their vantage point? Hey, uh, Josh McDaniels, thanks for turning us down. Thanks for sending us Jacoby Brissett for Philip Dorsett. Thanks for beating our brains in for about a decade. We're going to take your crown. Well, well, let's see how that goes. <laughs> I'm just saying that would be, uh, it, from their vantage point, delightful. Les, how have things changed in the AFC? How have they changed? Well, tell, tell me your thoughts. Well, yeah, I, I kind of just did that. I don't see the AFC South winner as a real okay. threat once the playoffs start. Um, and I still see, just like we entered last year, Chiefs, Steelers, Patriots. Those were the three teams entering 2018 that we thought were the cl- the class of that conference, and I still think that's the case. How about you, Sessler? I think if you look at the show in succession, you've got a lot of 
even though they're all in a family, a lot of these people are very close allies. They're each islands, psychological islands, trying to figure out where they stand as chess pieces, and they're all battling each other. So from Should the have started with Mark. Well, just because yeah. the way each of these teams like are so you know Belichick saying he doesn't see anything beyond the complex, and if you're if you're one of these fringy wild card teams, if you're the Bills, the Jets, the Broncos, even you and you want to convince yourself that power has changed and there's a slot opening up or be, at least becoming the door is opening for you. This was a positive development in the terms of your chances this season. The one, you know, these shows also always thrive and they're entertaining because there must be the person in the midst who is the ultra stooge. Uh, you know, he thinks that he or she thinks that they're going to rise to power, but the viewer can tell that will not be the case. The Kendall. In, yes, in this case, okay. I think the Tom character in Succession is probably yeah, being sort of toyed with. Um, and that, to me, would be the Bengals. And, it, I, you know, I don't mean to oh, always no. harp on them, but it is. I How feel like, they, well, they you know what? Burner here? I just feel like they are, well, all these other, you were talking about, Succession is about <laughs> high-octane power media conglomerates. While the Bengals are, to me, still very content to run a little mop and, mom and pop corner store selling, you know, <laughs> Chinese noodles and $4 wine, and they are perfectly content to roll. I don't know how the Bengals get hit on this piece. I'll tell you why, because we are talking about power, and we're talking about people that are striving for power and doing everything they can and staying up to date. And I see these other teams, I see the Jets as a team that has advanced themselves massively from last season to this. Succession has happened in seasons. The NFL happens in seasons. The Jets are a totally different character in season two. The Bengals have not changed at all. How many wins for the mm. Bengals this year? Wait, what? Six or seven. What's um, That's generous, I think, that, at this point. That's sure. a tough one. Six or seven in that but how division. Is, but only because I don't think that six how that, wins is How's this impo- changed, though, since Andrew Luck retired? No, my point is that the stooge is always the stooge. But you see why I, I'm surprised be, the Bengals are catching fire here. Wait, because, what is it with the four dollar noodle, the four dollar wine, and the Chinese they were si- they, they they're, they're they're just paying rent, doing it a year ago, and they'll just pay rent again. What oh, I'm saying Irish is that Rose? there are these fringy gotcha. AFC teams and that I'm have changed that. and are evolving. But I'm just panning the camera over to the Stooge that did not change from you. season one to but season two. I, I was with you. That's for, not my central point. Your first, the first half of your point, I was 100 percent in. It. In fact, I was going to mention it. Yeah. Teams like the Jets, Bills, Broncos, Titans, Bengals, your Browns, perhaps whoever doesn't perhaps win, whoever doesn't win the division uh, in the AFC North. So it could be the Steelers or the Ravens. Right. right. I'm, I'm sorry. The Browns are going to go 15. No, I, I have um, expressed my concerns, but uh, it's. My feeling is there's probably one playoff team coming out of the South now, whereas I thought personally there would be two. So someone is going to benefit from that. Yeah, that, I think yep. that's a I good agree. call. And the AFC West has a very easy schedule on paper, partly because they get to play each other. When we're putting in our picks with uh, our bosses, I'm putting in three from the North. I was doing that before now. I had the, the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns all getting in, which happened, what, three years ago? Except it was the Bengals. And uh, I think luck being out makes that more likely. I need to watch the Succession. Got to get in, dude. You'd love Succession. I mean, it's That's got right Bri- up Rosenthal. It's, it's got Brian Cox in it, who is one of my favorite sort of like character actors. Logan Roy. Oh, uh, you will like this. I mean, the scene he has in Adaptation where he where he yells at the crowd when someone asks, like, "Well, what if? What about a screenplay that reflects like real life a little more?" And he and he just like goes off on the guy is one of my favorite scenes. I love when uh, when people act out scenes from movies. It's always, it never fails. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we say goodbye, there's someone else here. I believe there he is. The longtime head honcho over on NFL Fantasy Way. Michael Fabiano uh, is joining us. Uh, Mike, how are you, by the way? I'm good, man. I'm feeling good. Feeling Uh, good both... uh, because fantasy football season is in full swing, and our beloved Yankees just two, took two or three from the uh, Doyers. Yeah, we sent a little message there, and I, I was very was happy. I was there. I was in attendance. It Stress was on little. Um, NFL <laughs> must be nice. NFL fantasy live podcast, by the way, a live show at the Yard House and Marina Del Rey tonight at eight p.m. So if you catch this and happen to be in the area, go over there because that's your chance to get Michael Fabiano's autograph, I imagine. Nobody wants that. How does it feel to be sitting in the Mark Sessler memorial chair where he was for the Fantasy Corner a week ago? Is that right? Yeah. Well, you what, didn't know that? What did you do to deserve that? Uh, it's sort of more closely what I didn't do. I think that's how I got there to begin with. 
Um, right. Fabs, what's going on uh, on the fantasy way? Because, you know, I got to I got to keep it real here. Mm-hmm. So my league of record, we've run it through NFL.com uh, for several years and people are always burying on me because they're like, oh, come on. Why isn't your fantasy client better? Why isn't the app better? Well, guess what? Things have changed, haven't they? Yeah, the app is all new. It's the best app we've had. Some people might say that's not saying much, but I can promise you right now. The app is going to be one of, if not the best, for fantasy football players in 2019 and moving forward. There are some very cool features, some of which I can't even mention yet. Whoa. But I can promise that people who are into, let's say, watching film will be very pleased. Christopher. Um, it It is going to be kick ass. Sign up now, download it, check it out. It's going to be very personalized. You may even see my ugly mug on there from time to time. So that, that actually might be a reason for people not <laughs> to download it. So forget I just said that, but check it out. It, it's, it's a huge improvement, and we've had a lot of great people who have worked very hard. I think that's a response it. to the fans. People were like, what do you want out of your fantasy app? They're just like, more headshots of fabs. That's, <laughs> that is untrue. That has untrue. Been, that's been a prominent part of NFL.com is fabs front and center. New headshot this year, same one. <laughs> Have you been talking to Ben Liebenberg? Not, you know, Benny Liebs, our director of photography. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very big on headshots. Yeah. When did you start with the NFL? I haven't. Oh, man. This is actually my 20th year in the industry. Whoa. And this is well, my, you're a Hall of Famer. This is my 13th year with the NFL. Wow. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been a long, fun ride. You know that yard house used to be my old stomping grounds. I used to live right across the street in temporary housing. I well, right. watch I'd, the Heat and Spurs playoff. That uh, means that that thing. means that I'll see you and your lovely wife there later. I can't speak for her, but I'm gonna. Okay. I'll be there. Absolutely. Hey, listen. I, I will say one thing because I don't get a chance to be on this podcast very often, and I, that, that's not. I'm not. I'm not having. <laughs> yes. I'm so proud of you guys. Oh my. For what you've done, and what you've accomplished. I, I've rooted for all for you, and I'm so just over the moon that you guys have, have become this big. You're kicking ass, taking names. I love seeing you on TV. It, it it makes me feel so good when people that I like who are genuinely good, hardworking people who know their stuff succeed and I, I couldn't be happier for you guys. Thanks, Keep it up, Fabs. You know, we... Thank you, Mike. Thank you. We, Mark and I both started here in 2010. You're literally, you and maybe Rank are the only guys that we've been... <laughs> here the whole time with it's and been a while very nice of you to say dude you've, you've obviously done really well, for I, I've, as well. I, I've seen you guys grow and develop and you know become more than just writers you're you're truly talent and uh every time i see anything about you guys on twitter um i i, I try to i try to retweet i uh, i just I'm very, I'm very happy for you that guys. That might you guys have gotten you it. a second appearance. We will discuss. <laughs> well, that was the whole point of that whole diatribe was to get on here again at some point before Super Bowl. All right, there you go, M- Mike. Thank you so much. And yeah, Mike, he, he he's the big man at NFL Fantasy. He's got and also got that expert League One with Ricky Holiday. Holiday, <laughs> Ricky Hollywood. Yeah, Rick, Rick Holiday. That's a fantasy football. Yeah, so, Rick, Rick so, Holiday. So, so our, our friend Erica here. You know, you um, drafted Andrew Luck, didn't you? I did, and I have T.Y. Hilton too. So I gotta. Uh, yeah, I'm not. So, I, so I'm not in League One yeah. because I have 250 other leagues, and I'm like, sure. I just can't do another one. But I drafted for Candace Patton, who plays the Flash. And by the way. Her team is the odds-on favorite to win the oh. whole oh, yeah. connect the damn mm. thing. Connect if, the if you lose to a shadow Fabs, that's an embarrassment. One of the she two- picked, he picked for her. Sure, but she's going to have to run Craig. the team or whatever. You, can't, of- you can't let no, 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 the whole I'm not thing. running you can't the expert it. come in there and win anyways. You, it's <laughs> Pick a problem. to win the league. That <laughs> yeah. and $12 will get you a beer in L.A. Wes, one of the dudes picked Albert Wilson in the fourth round. And well, that's so I, incredible. So at this point, I'm what? thinking, I'm thinking, oh man, this is this this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun to do this draft. That guy like fall off a bird and I don't know. I, I, I don't even know well, who was the guy. Do you remember who it was? It was the comedian. Yeah. I, sh- should we like out him like that's that? You're gonna have to tune in done. and find out. Ricky Holiday, you can Ugh. put the blame on me for Andrew Luck. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. That that was, the, and you have Kareem Hunt on your team too. Yeah, we can we can. You know what? Off air, we can wrap you know this up. Twenty twenty may be a good season for you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, right, Rick Halliday taking a lot of uh, Rick Halliday <laughs> getting buried in a big spot. 
Michael Fabiano, he's senior fantasy analyst, NFL media. Follow him at Michael underscore Fabiano on Twitter. And yes, if you are in the area, he'll be at the Yard House at Marina Del Rey tonight, 8 p.m. Live podcast. Thanks, guys. Fun. Bye, Mikey. All right, let's get out of here, Ricky. Holiday. We'll be back Wednesday. Stan Hans is signing off for a quiet storm. The mailman, the old boss. Ricky Holiday and Michael Fabiano behind the glass. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourist and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.